You're listening to Ghoul's Hollow, Memoirs of a P.I. Listener discretion is advised. told me to message you if anything ever happened to her. She said that you and her had reconnected. I'd been texting with her up until a couple days ago and suddenly she stopped responding. I've tried calling but it goes straight to voicemail and she's not responding to emails either. I'm starting to get worried. Can you check on her for me? Thanks, Andy. I'd read Andy's email and wondered when the last time I'd heard from Anna slash other Anna. I checked my phone. It had been two days before. I sent a quick text message. Hey, how's it going? I checked back a short while later and my message remained unread and unresponded to. I tried calling. Straight to voicemail. Hmm. I waited about an hour and tried again. Still straight to voicemail. It was definitely beginning to be concerning. I made my lunch and I kept checking back on my phone. No text back, no calls. I knew there was a minimal chance she might be working, so I gave it a little while longer. There was still no response by late afternoon, so I decided to head over and see what was going on. I pulled up to Anna's house and the lights were on. I waited a few moments. I was into true crime and I knew the lights meant nothing. Suddenly, the door opened and Anna popped her head out. Diana, is is that you? I breathed a sigh of relief and I got out of my car, heading towards her. Hey, Anna, I've been texting and calling, but you haven't responded, so I just came over to see how you were. She smiled slightly and stepped aside, letting me in. I went to take off my shoes and glanced up at the perfect pinstriped walls. The pictures that had been lining the wall had been shifted around and switched out. Dozens of photos of baby Andy had been put up, replacing the ones of Anna on her various vacations. A large, professionally taken photo of an awkwardly smiling Andy standing behind a seated, stern-faced Anna was front and center. Whoa, you've been doing some redecorating, eh? I looked over at Anna, who was standing by the living room entrance. Yes, I missed Andy's face and decided it would brighten my mood. Aren't photographs marvelous? You can capture a moment and go back and look at it whenever you want, rather than relying on memories. She walked over to one of his photos and touched the frame, a smile on her face. This family has had a lot of loss. It's comforting to know that one of them made it. Her voice trailed off with sadness in her eyes. She blinked and shook her head before smiling over at me. Thank you for calling on me. I'm grateful for your kindness. Of course. What are friends for? Anna cleared her throat and stepped back, and I finally had a chance to look at her. She wore minimal makeup, if any, and her hair had been pulled up into a tight bun, her dark roots starting to show along her hairline. 
She is wearing a very modest yet stylish skirt with a blouse that had been buttoned up all the way and a small brooch at her throat. Andy emailed me. He said he's been unable to reach you. Anna's eyes shot up. You've heard from Andy? Is he okay? Yeah, yeah, he's fine. He just wanted to be sure that you were okay too. Anna sighed and then led me into the living room. There were piles of photo albums and pictures scattered around on the coffee table and the sofas. A large painting of a woman and a young boy stood in the corner, leaning against the wall. The woman's face was what looked like water damaged, but you could still see she was stern by her posture. Her dark hair was pinned back and there was a small cross hanging around her neck. The painting looked to have been centuries old. It was creepy either way. Uh, I stammered, trying to figure out what to say. Anna glanced over at the painting. I've just been sorting through some old photos. I went into the attic to see if there were any other ones and found that painting. It was tucked away up there under some old blankets. She walked over to it and gingerly touched the little boy's face. It's Ada, Stephen, and her son. It's over 300 years old, but it still looks like it did when it was first painted. What are you going to do with it? I asked. I don't know yet. I just didn't want it up there anymore. Anyway, you came to check on me for Andy? Yes. We we were conversing, but then my... She rushed over to the coffee table and picked up her phone. It stopped working and I can't fix it. Is it charged? I asked, immediately regretting asking what seemed like a patronizing question. Anna got up and started to leave the room. Let me show you, she said before exiting the living room and heading upstairs. She led me to her bedroom and to the small circle on her nightstand. It was a wireless charging pad. She put her phone on it. The screen remained dark. I would put it here and it would continue working, and then it said something about an update, and it stopped lighting up. May I see? I asked, while glancing around the room. I hadn't been here since the night. The mirror was gone. I looked down at the phone and held the power button. I could feel Anna's gaze on me as she watched. The screen lit up and the phone started loading. It was it was powered off. I started as Anna quickly grabbed the phone. Oh, you fixed it! The screen started filling with alerts from missed calls to voicemails and texts. She scrolled to Andy's messages and started trying to reply. She was what my 10th grade computer teacher would have called a hunt-and-peck typer. It was slow and awkward and painful to watch. She stopped and looked at me. Thank you so much. I nodded. She hadn't even tried turning her phone on. That was classic troubleshooting. Where's your mirror? I asked, gesturing at the empty space where it had previously resided. Oh, it's out back in the rubbish pile. It's broken, and I think the magic of it has worn off for me. She barely looked up, too busy trying to type. I looked down at my wrist. I didn't have a watch on, but I didn't think she'd notice. Oh my, look at the time. I better head back. I have tons of work to do. She didn't move. I'm just going to go see myself out. I slowly exited the room and headed down the stairs, gathering my things. Just as I was walking out the front door, Anna called from the top of the stairs. Thank you again for calling on me, and thank you for fixing this. We said our goodbyes and I headed to my car, the entire exchange making me uneasy. 
Just as I was getting in, I saw the corner of a thick wooden frame sticking out from a pile of garbage to the side of the house. The mirror. Well, Anna was throwing it away, so I quickly loaded the frame into my car and drove off, hoping she didn't notice. When I got home, I put the mirror frame in the garage before heading inside. I checked my email and saw that Andy had emailed me again, thanking me for checking on Anna, so I sent him a quick response. Hey Andy, you're very welcome. I've been meaning to contact you, so it was a perfect coincidence. Could you tell me more about the other mother? Your mom mentioned her and the whole thing sounds so wild. I'd love more details if you'd be willing to share. Thanks, Diana. While I waited for a response, I started going through the other files that Jessica had sent. There were hundreds of photos from various events over the years. Town fairs, town celebrations, town meetings. The pictures varied from generation to generation. Some were blurry and some were clear. Some were Polaroids and some looked like they were from the early 1900s. I skimmed through them to see if anything caught my eye. It did. There was a picture that, judging by the styles of clothes, was from the 1950s or early 1960s, and it was a bunch of people under a sign for a pie-eating contest. Behind them was a man in the crowd with a woman beside him, leaning in and whispering into his ear. I don't know why, but something about them made me curious. There was another picture further down the list that showed the 1973 Ghouls Hollow Volunteer Firefighters. A different man in the picture had a woman behind him. You could just see the top of her face over his shoulder, like she'd been trying to tell him something when he turned away. A third photo was of Charles's dad standing with the town mayor in the 1980s. The same woman was beside him and leaning towards his ear. I continued searching and found the woman in several pictures spanning what looked to be several decades of events. She was always next to a man and looked like she was talking to him, but the man was always facing away from her. I zoomed in on her face and immediately recognized it. Those dark eyes, that thick, dark hair. It was the woman that I'd assumed was Charles's significant other. What the hell? I started clicking back through the photos to search for her specifically. She was in dozens, but none of them looked any older than the 1960s, with the pie-eating contest being the oldest. Who was she? I started writing a list of the pictures she was in when my phone lit up. Andy had emailed back. Hi, Diana. Whoa, I haven't heard about the other mother in years. I don't know if I can be much help, though. There's no other mother. It was Mom. She'd talk in a strange voice when she was pretending to be another mother, but it was always her. I think she felt bad that it was just the two of us when I was little, and she tried to invent other friends for me or something. I'm not really sure. Some mornings it was her. Some mornings she was the other mother. Eventually she stopped, so I forgot about it. If I remember anything else, I'll let you know. Thanks again for checking on Mom. Andy. I sighed. What was going on in Ghoul's Hollow? Nothing made sense. After going through every file Jessica sent at least twice, I could feel my mouth getting dry. I got up to go get a drink while trying to muddle through these new revelations. The day had just started to fade into night and I was exhausted. 
As I was pouring a glass of water, I glanced at the back door and saw the outline of somebody standing on the other side. The glass was frosted, so I couldn't see who it was, but I knew that there was someone there. I stopped. They didn't move. I didn't move. I hadn't turned on any lights, so maybe they didn't even know that I was there. I stood for what felt like several minutes, staring at the shape through the glass, neither of us moving. I grabbed my phone and switched through to the app for my security cameras. I flipped to the back door camera and there was no one. I looked up at the door again. The outline still remained. I looked back at the camera and there was still nothing. The only thing I could grab without making any noise was a spatula, so I armed myself before I crept to the door, trying to be as quiet as possible, continuing to glance at my phone and confirm my camera still showed nothing on the other side. I took hold of the doorknob, and as quickly as possible, I threw the door open, spatula raised, ready to confront. She looked surprised. Her dark eyes were wide and her eyebrows were raised. Her mouth formed an O as she seemed to let out an inaudible gasp. For the first time, I could see her teeth, and the two fronts appeared to be gold. I lowered my weapon. Who are... I started before she vanished, and I was standing alone on the back porch, the sun sinking into the darkness beyond the forest. Thank you for listening. Our custom sounds and music is created by Kevin Ross. Our custom photos and sound editing was done by Michael Pybus. If you'd like to reach me, please email me at ghoulshollow at gmail.com or find me on Facebook at Ghoulshollow the Podcast. <laughs>